Welcome to the Bloom Where You're Planted podcast from Never Too Late Cafe. I'm your host, Laura Womack. Each week we sit down for a chat with someone just like you, someone who had an idea, a passion, a dream, or sometimes just a thought and planted that seed, watched it grow into something they wanted to share with the world. If you have an idea for a topic or someone that would be a guest for the Bloom Where You're Planted podcast, feel free to reach out to us on Facebook where you can join our Never Too Late Cafe Facebook group. We'd love to hear from you. Hello, everyone. And this is Laura Womack from Never Too Late Cafe with the Bloom Where You're Planted podcast. And I have a very special guest with me today, and that's Oliver Sayani. Did I say yes, it correctly? Ma'am. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Like, Thanks for having me. You are currently living in Louisville, Kentucky? I'm currently living in Rutherford County, Tennessee. I didn't yep. know that. <laughs> yeah, I actually just moved like about a, a week or two ago, so it's, it's really new. Actually, I think the last time I saw you, I was living in Louisville just a few weeks ago. Oh, yeah, yeah. When but yeah, we that's why the- I... I've been getting conf- uh, confused about that time difference. You know, that's why I was oh. uh, talking to you about that. So you, are you in a different time zone? I am. It's so weird because Louisville is west of where I am. But for some reason, Louisville is Eastern time and where I am is in central time. So it's still getting me confused. I still need some time to, to get a hang of it. <laughs> Geographically, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> right. The time zone just goes. Boom, diagonal. <laughs> oh, I didn't know that. So how'd you end up in Tennessee? Well, I'm originally from Tennessee, from uh, Cumberland Gap in the eastern part of the state. And um, so I grew up there and ended up my kind of way to get out of my little hometown and, and, and pursue music and other interests that I had at the time was through college. That's how I ended up uh, at U of L in Louisville. Okay. So, what town did you say you're in now? So now I'm in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, and and the reason I'm here now is uh, MTSU, Middle Tennessee State, is located here. So I I carried on with my education to start my master's degree now in audio Mm -hmm. production, and. This is a big hub of, of, of production, and it's a big feeder school to the Nashville industry. Um, so oh. I didn't think I'd be going into that. When I first you know, started out a long time ago, I always thought, well, Nashville is not really for me. Well, I still you know, have roots you know, everywhere else, like in eastern Tennessee and eastern Kentucky. So now just kind of fate has decided that I'm going to start recording in Nashville. So you went to the University of Louisville and you took audio engineering there as well. Is that actually? What um, I started out in engineering school, regular engineering. Thought that's what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Um, my, my parents wanted me to do that, and I realized that I had a a tendency to play music and I've always had that but I decided I wanted to really go into it and moved into the jazz studies school in Louisville the Jamie Abersall program 
and did that for a few years before switching to their brand new music and new media program, which is a technology, like a music technology degree, which is what I, which is what I ended up with. Well, it looks like you have done a lot of different things in your, um, so you also teach. So what do you teach? What instrument? I teach guitar. Okay. Mostly guitar. I've taught piano before for like, um, mostly for beginners. Mm -hmm. Um, but but yeah, I'm I'm a guitar teacher and, and, um, and, you know, music theory the other day, somebody actually a a gentleman that was at the wood, the wood songs workshop that I met you at, Mm -hmm. um, his daughter was going to UK and had a theory lesson coming up and needed help with it. So I gave her a theory lesson the other day and that was kind of like what I, uh, what I was kind of excited about the other day is that I, I kind of like helped her get a grasp on this hard theory stuff uh, mm. for her test today. So I'm fingers crossed that she passed her quiz was today. I think she'll do a good job based on the way our lesson went. It went really well. So, yeah. I, 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 I saw like he had put a sort of a feel out there. Can someone help? Well, I'm glad that was a great connection then. So um, what other instruments do you play? You said guitar and piano. Was there something about saxophone? Yes, my first instrument was the saxophone. I learned it in band um, and put it down for a few years and then picked it up later on when a a gig presented itself in Louisville. It's an awesome instrument. You know, I'd love to spend more time with it, but it's a great instrument and uh, the lady who taught me initially, Linda Smitty, was my first saxophone teacher and my first piano teacher as well. She's one of my biggest influences. So I wanted to mention her as well mm-hmm. on here. Yeah. Uh, because she is an amazing teacher um, that we were all lucky to have at the time. And that was in Louisville, Kentucky? No, that was in, uh, that was in Cumberland, Gap, uh, Cumberland Gap High School. Okay. All right. Oh, that's right. So I'm trying to follow you geographically. <laughs> so, um, so you're also a songwriter. When did that start for you? Cause you know, a lot of people play an instrument, but they don't necessarily compose, but you do. And, um, I did hear a song of yours that you did. Um, that was awesome. though. I don't want to mention it in case you're still working on it to do something with it. But <laughs> um, so when did that start for you? Um, it's, it's been a long time coming with, with, with songwriting. I've mm-hmm. always done it. I don't think I've always been like a natural at it. I've, I've not always been like good at putting together the music and the lyrics, but it takes a lot of practice, just like anything else, of course. Um, a lot of, you know how a lot of people say, I listen to lyrics or I listen to the music first. You know, people kind of have a preference of that. I'm like really strongly about both of them. I, I really like, I want a song to have a really good melody 
and I want the words to be really good too. They don't have to be very deep and philosophical necessarily, but just something that's well put together. Um, and, and the first song I ever wrote was the first year that I played guitar. It was, it, it came very, very soon. I, and I immediately started putting notes together and starting to put lyrics to it. But then it took like a good, you know, probably ten, uh, five to seven years of just continuing to do that process, putting a riff with some lyrics and um a few albums later i feel like i now feel comfortable with it where it's a creative outlet and and um and has become a main part of uh main channel of art that i create so you've recorded you said albums my first album that I that I wrote well um me and my aside from the ones that me and my friends made growing up uh which was basically just an eye or a phone a flip phone uh recording in a room in uh usually was the shed in our backyard where Mm -hmm. where we learned music initially um aside from all those recordings which we have the first like kind of legit album uh, we made one out of my dorm room in college mm-hmm. and it was kind of like a, I made all the instrumental parts to it. I was kind of like the producer in a sense. And then I had a guy kind of doing this funky hip hop vocal over it. Uh, that was like the first project. After that, I formed my own band. Blind Feline is still is together. Uh, but we've had different different members and different kind of versions of the band. In the very earliest stages, we made a th- like three or four track demo that at the time I thought, this is awesome. I've listened back to it and be like, that was the worst thing ever. <laughs> so then fast forward, we uh, with that same band, I made uh, another album that I finally was proud of at least the songwriting aspect of it. I still like the songs that are on the record. I think we could have played it better and everything. That's me being critical. Um, But uh, it's called Lost in the Moss by Blind Feline. And so that that one kind of is a nature-based psychedelic rock uh, concept album, so to speak. Then after that, we released another EP called um, Cicadas. Um, I felt like they got more and more cohesive over time. Cicadas was a really like solid piece of, you know, songs that flow into one another and all have kind of a common theme. Mm. And uh, we released a few singles after that and are working on mixing. We're finished with our upcoming album with Blind Feline. Uh, it's going to be called Kentucky Drifter. So that's one to be looking out for. So how did you come up with that name? Blind Feline. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's, that, that's a story that I don't always get to tell. Um, okay. 
back in school in high school, um, I had a teacher for biology who was a wild card um, and inspired inspired a lot of songs. A lot of people that I ran into that kind of were different like that had inspired a lot of songs in me. Um, and he, he inspired that name because we had a girl in class who was the niece of this kind of this, this character, this, this legendary, this, this, uh, you know, led according to legend, this guy named Buck who called himself the king of the world or the king of the mountain. And so my teacher, when she would come into class, he would ask her, how's Buck doing? How's my friend Buck? Um, and eventually one day we asked, what's, what's the story of Buck? You, you're always asking about him. He has a, he has a funny name. Uh, Buck is going to be one of the songs on our new album, by the way, coming out. <laughs> okay. It, it tells that story. But um, yeah, so he one day told the story of Buck. And Buck was a moonshiner from East Tennessee and um, he was running, he was running his liquor and got caught one time or he almost got caught. Uh, they, the story goes, they made a roadblock down at the bottom of this holler and he came flying down. He saw them and ditched his car, jumped out of his uh, truck full of, full of shine. And the truck went barreling into the roadblock. Boom, exploded. <laughs> all their cars and he goes running off into the woods with like tattered clothes and everything from the explosion with flames behind him running like a wild man screaming, I'm the king of the world. I'm the king of the world. <laughs> and he ran off and lived off grid and had all his animals and stuff living with him up on the ridge in Fort Ridge, Tennessee. And, and according to the story, he had, stolen this baby wildcat out of its nest um, and raised it at his own. This baby wildcat with a scratch right through its eye um, grew up blind in one eye. And that's the story of Blind Feline. <laughs> so Buck's going to be on the album. That's cool. So he inspired you. So um, you also you've had different things that you've done. You are also an event planner. Yes. Event planning um, started out as just looking for shows and learning how to be a DIY musician, essentially. Um, mm -hmm. Those skills have helped me like work for, I've worked for certain organizations that, you know, that I've done that type of work with where, for example, I've, worked with a meditation organization. It's, it's really a health organization. And I planned meditation events and facilitated them and facilitated workshops and things like that, or just planned them for, mm -hmm. uh, for UFO. But really it just came with just being a DIY musician. And one of the things you have to do is get all your work together, get your kind of like musical resume together and reach out to venues and bars and reach out to other musicians that you'll be sharing bills with. So really 
it came from doing that, just doing that like a wild man, just continually working on making the presentation better and making planning and your communication as, as good as possible. You also worked at recording studios? Yes, ma'am. I've been working in recording studios uh, for a long time now, uh, just trying to learn as a musician and then kind of getting into that audio engineering degree, learning how to go into other fields of, of audio, like podcasting and, um, you know, things for movies. And um, so, so yeah, I've, I've volunteered and worked with studios and trying, just trying to, you know, get my hands on the technology. Technology is, you know, really came, it has not come easy for me. I, I've always been like an artistic type of person and, and, um, and wanting to play, get my hands on the instruments and mm -hmm. sing play and write. But the technology side, I figured, you know, I want to get involved with that. So I've tried to work hard. I had to work with a lot of studios to, to get myself ready for that. So what is Overtones Live? Is that a show? Yeah, Overtones Live is a podcast, actually. Um, okay. It's, it's a podcast, but it's kind of like a different type of podcast. It does... It does some like conversational stuff that typical podcasts do, but it's really music based and it's all about just highlighting talent, uh, specifically in the Appalachian area. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I've been on their show as an artist a couple of times. And through that, I was asked to be a guest host one day. Mm -hmm. when they were interviewing another artist and then through that the opportunity came to host be the host of kind of my own version of overtones live which is based in louisville they needed a louisville location so since i had been there for five years um i was chosen to do that so the whole goal of that is get artists on the air, on radio stations all across the state. We work with five different radio stations, I believe. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, and not only get those, you know, established artists to create, you know, an actual live event where people come in and, and enjoy watching the radio show being recorded, uh, but then also I plan on going to the younger artists and you know when I as I discover more of the younger generation of, of young Kentucky artists to get them a platform to play music just like I was given a platform when I was just starting out. Wow so is the women of Kentucky music is that part of Overtones? Yes it is. So you're going to host that is that correct? I'll be hosting one of the, the series of that. Um, they have several um, ladies on that in different locations for this month. Uh, and so, yeah, my Overtones Live in Louisville episode is going to be September 12th at Zanzibar uh, featuring Katie Did It of Mama Says uh, String Band. So that's going to be one of one of several uh, women of Kentucky 
series. So how far is Louisville from where you're at in Tennessee? I'm about three hours away. Oh, that's kind of the same that it is for me. So, um, okay, tell me about a rap battle in Huntington. <laughs> <laughs> what was uh, that about? Uh, so, well, that was, you know, it's funny. It's funny that you asked that. It's really funny that you asked that. Um, I want to, I'm, I'm really tempted to just make up a story about how there was some crazy rap battle in, in Huntington. Uh, but in reality, um, a, a, a good friend of mine, Becky Owens, um, took me out to the, the Loud in Huntington for this show and said, you just need to come and, and see this. She'd been wanting to meet me and vice versa. We kind of like, we have a lot of mutual friends. Mm-hmm. And we're, we're both, I guess you could say we're both pretty spontaneous as far as kind of what we get ourselves into. So when I was invited to go out to Huntington and see a lot of these artists that I was familiar with, some of which I'm friends with, um, I just wanted to go and, and just and, and experience that. And I ended up going and hitting it off with one of my, you know, I, we already had a good relationship, but we were out jamming uh, in the back um with my friend travis napier a great artist who i met through overtones actually and he had me up on stage to sit in with him um so it was a really great event musically and with friendships and um so that rap battle was kind of you know my friend becky getting getting uh getting wild with her imagination and what i was with with what i was saying to one of the artists you know i got to meet a lot of new guys or new to me people and you know and and when i hear people's art and it and it inspires me and it's exciting you know i like to go and talk to them i don't remember exactly what i was saying at that moment to to abe but abe has got this awesome song about uh being abducted by aliens um and so it was probably something about that i was commenting about his song about being abducted by aliens so go look that up if you get a chance (laughs) what's abe's last name partridge abe partridge's name (laughs) it sounds funny so how far would huntington be from you in tennessee um it was a good little bit i remember i was already in louisville that weekend for shows and then i drove an hour to Lexington, got a ride from there. So three, maybe four or five hours from where I am. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because yeah. um, just going um, east to west, Huntington's probably about an hour from here, but it's north of where you're you're at. So, hmm. so you know, this podcast is called um, Bloom Where You're Planted. And um, I always ask people what that means to them because it's different for everybody. What that says to me, my interpretation is, is that we don't always get a choice of, you know, what we were born with. Um, We don't get a choice for a lot of things. A lot of, a lot of things is the cards we've been dealt 
uh, in life. But I think that a lot of things in life we do have a choice to do, and that's to bloom. Um, you know, I think that we can we can water ourselves. We can give ourselves the nutrients that we need, whether that's physically or um, spiritually. You know, I know, for example, that Huntington trip was, it felt like I was enriching my life with friendship and music and spontaneity, something that I wouldn't normally do. And it, it, it brought this energy with me that I took back home and, and said, you know, I felt like I was continuing to bloom and grow. So that's kind of what I, that's my interpretation is we can always choose to grow and bloom. So what kind of words of wisdom would you give to someone that wants to do what you are doing or have done? I definitely say keep, you know, keep, keep some good people around you. Um, um, you know, I'm a believer in the obvious stuff, you know, work really hard. You have to work hard, especially as an artist. Um, Ron Whitehead, a friend of ours, um, said something to me one time, like an artist has to work, uh, I can't remember the exact analogy. It was like, you have to work like you're a, like you're like a lunatic. I mean, pretty much. And that's very true, but I think it's easy to forget. Keep people, keep good people around you, treat people good. Um, you know, because that's definitely helped me a lot. I attribute anything that I have done so far to the support that I've had from great people around me, first and foremost, my parents, they've done so much for me. They've worked so hard for me mm -hmm. that it's inspired me and it's given me this responsibility to work really hard. So young artists, you know, um, work hard, be grateful and keep good people around you. That's excellent. That's excellent. Well, Oliver, I so enjoy talking to you and uh, it's been awesome. And I'm sure someone's going to really enjoy some of the things that you've shared and your words of wisdom. And I thank you again. It's been a pleasure to have you on, on the Bloom Where You're Planted podcast. So thank you so much. And, thank you. Uh, so this is Laura Womack from the Never Too Late Cafe Bloom We Are Planted podcast. And I'm saying bye for now. And thanks again, Oliver. Thank you so much. All right. Bye-bye.